Welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the BTC Recruiter, and you can find me at the BTC Recruiter on Twitter. And I am a BTC Recruiter, and I'm here once again with my host, Dave Hampton, the Robo Recruiter. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah. We're back in Vegas again. Yep. Vegas has opened up. It has. I it mean, has. I yeah, mean, no, it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're talking about masks. They're talking about uh, another shutdown, but n- no one's cooperating. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say one in ten people are wearing masks right now. Yeah, and those are the employees. Right. Right. It's like like some of the, some of the hotels or restaurants established. They've got a corporate policy worldwide. If you work yeah. for us, you've got to wear a mask. It's right? very interesting. The government said, "Hey, uh, you know, you can. We're going to shut you down. You guys can't work. You know." And then now they're saying, "Hey, you guys can have your own choice about whether you want to put a mask on." Right. It's, Which that's a paradox. Right? You heard me say it in the beginning. Super contradictory. Everybody has. It, you should get a mask that says the following. Everybody's entitled to their own adventure. And that's how you want to come to work, come to work. If you want to stay and hide under a rock because you're afraid, that's, I just, you can't tell somebody they can't earn a living. You just, yeah, well, yeah. well, clearly they can. Well, I mean, and that's what I love about the, the preamble government. would say, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right? Well, no, that, that, that's why I rest so well at night is because I know that all my tax dollars go to take care of me. If something happens to me, my lifestyle won't be affected even in the least because I've got the government taking care of me. So why would I not listen to people like Elizabeth Warren or AOC about mm-hmm. my health? I don't know. Sounds like you're being sarcastic there. Oh, no. You know, sarcasm is a crime punishable by six months in prison in North Korea. Oh, yeah? No, I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, anyhow, so welcome, everybody, to a bit about crypto. And this show is for anybody who's either looking to learn more about crypto or who wants a job in the blockchain crypto space. And the wonderful thing about what this show is turning out to be is we have so many different voices and there's this entire world being built around us that people are actually creating these new things. And I, I learned so much. I mean, every guest I have on, I learn a new thing. And uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who actually has made a comment. And if you really uh, want to support the show, you can actually subscribe or you can, of course, hit the like button and leave a comment. I just want to say that anybody in the comment section that says they're me or Dave Hampton over here and says, hey, call us on Telegram and we've got this great program for getting rich. It's not us. They're scammers. We will never call you and ask you for money under any circumstances except one. What's that, Dave? Unless you're looking to hire us to find you some good people. Yeah, your, and that's not, and, and we don't necessarily just want money. We want money and tokens. <laughs> We're very flexible. We don't want to break you if you just got your right. your A round funding. We We'd rather light a candle than we are very we're very open and receptive to many forms of payment. And uh, yeah, I was telling uh, my guest who's coming on today, I was telling him that, look, I'll give advice for free. I'll strategize with you. I'll give you hours. I'll be on your board of directors. But when it comes time where you say, "Okay, put a bullet in the gun and go find me a carcass. Well, that's when I'm going to need like uh, some money or some type of remuneration for you said carcass because carcass would mean that they're dead. So yeah, but I just I just haven't <laughs> found a better word yet. So <clears throat> interesting enough, as as uh, and thank you for everybody who's following the show. We bring in different alternatives as far as cryptocurrencies. I mean, you know, we had a guest who was talking about uh, mapping the entire work, uh, world and selling it digitally. Yeah, right. We we've had people from Colombia who came to the United States and found out that. After getting a 4.0 GPA, they qualified for a job at Starbucks, working for the person who didn't go to college, right? right. 
Because they got four years of work experience and not a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. It's interesting because uh, I would say that in the eighties, you know, you needed a bachelor's degree to get ahead, right? I would say maybe that stretched into the nineties, but I would say it's, it's ninety to masters, right? And PhD maybe these days. It just but, it, you, but even then, you're you're overpaying. You're like the the debt you that you you gain from that. Uh, is, if you start, is, if you get me started, if you get me started on this, my my guest won't even be able to talk today. So we're not we're gonna have okay. that's gonna be a, another show. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, I was at a uh, global DeFi conference and I I met I met a gentleman and he was telling me some fascinating things on on what he's doing and mm-hmm. he said he he made a comment. He says I still kind of don't even understand what crypto is, but the truth is I've been designing crypto way before before it was even cool. And I'm going to bring him in. Instead of going into his background, I'm going to let him talk about himself. So I would like at this time to introduce serial entrepreneur, tech head extraordinaire, Michael Holdman. Hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. How are you? Yeah. Closer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's going on today? You know, um, getting through the... Uh, the heat here in Vegas on the way to the studio and uh, really excited about coming out and having uh, a a discussion with you guys. Um, This is, uh, we're a local Las Vegas uh, entity and... uh, Well, hold on a second. Since you brought it up, we were told under no circumstances to talk about the heat. But since you brought it up, David, it's hot. Not as hot as it was. No, it's not. It's not really hot at all. It's it's really it's really nice. Thank you, Travis. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Anyhow, yeah, so... um, yeah, uh, you were re- you really are and really have been very excited about this project you're working on. But before we get to it, let's let's talk about you. Okay. Right? So, where you born? Where'd you grow up? High school, college, all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, uh, born and raised in uh, Wisconsin, uh, in the southern half, down by Racine and uh, just south of Milwaukee. Uh, and in '79, uh, moved out here to Las Vegas. Uh, actually, it started in Pahrump, and that lasted about two months. <laughs> and uh, uh, your family and, came to Pahrump. Yeah, we, was, was your dad a prison guard? No, he was actually worked for a telephone company for Ma Bell. What and, was that prison uh, out Bell. there in June? Nevada Bell was Yo out communication, there. Communication, huh? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> was that prison that I drive by uh, in Gene, Nevada? Was that there when you moved out? Um, gosh, I think it just opened up, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Every time I drive. Into Vegas, mm-hmm. and I see that prison in yeah. Nevada. I always say, I would not want to do time in there because I don't think air conditioning is the highest priority. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, so. well, they have to be now. You know, it's a little more uh, uh, civil. Yeah, I but I'm just, in there. I, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's nothing cruel about prison. Yeah. Anyhow, so okay, so you, your dad was working for the phone company, and you moved to Pahrump. Yeah, yeah, that's where uh, Ma Bell was. They didn't have a uh, Ma Bell. Nevada Bell was not here in Las Vegas. It was actually Centel out of Chicago. Okay, so, yeah. and you guys lived in Pahrump. Lived in Pahrump for about two months. Went to Pahrump High School. And uh, so, for those of you who are listening or aren't familiar with Nevada, Pahrump is right there on the state line where uh, Whiskey Pete's and uh, no, that's Prim. So Prim. Pahrump Prim. 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 is right. Uh, yeah, is, take this from the guy who lives in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Pahrump is uh, uh, north of. Uh, yeah, I guess it's north or west or. Uh, exactly northwest maybe of Las Vegas. I'm not sure exactly what the direction is. Towards okay. Reno? It's going north, yeah. Towards, uh, yeah, towards uh, uh, California, basically. Okay. All right. Um, so you, you're, you're just loving life in the tribe of Pahrump. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's, and it, then uh, it just it decided to, it, Pops finally decided, no, this is too small of a town for us coming it, from Milwaukee. Right. Uh, so we moved into Vegas and, uh, and went, you know, started high school. 
Started here as in a sophomore, so. Okay, so you, yeah. you're a sophomore in, in Las Vegas, and mm -hmm. what type of things are you into at the time? Uh, Sports, metal, tech, metal. metal. You're a metalhead. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, talk about that. Yeah, yeah you lost your hearing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it, it's interesting. I was, you know, my hearing, I can't hear specific or, or many things, right? The the highs, I, I, the, the pitch isn't really there. And uh, I had a friend that worked at Cisco up in San Jose, and he had hearing aids. And I'm like, what do you need those for? And he goes, well, it's genetic. But the, what it is is it's either there's two ways this happens, either by loud noises or genetics. So I went and got checked out. And uh, it Your turns genetics out, were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my genetics were fine. Um, uh, but it, uh, uh, it turns out that I could hear everything. I was at – the hearing goes from 0 to 100, 0 being good and 100 bad. And from 0 to 1,600 hertz, I'm at uh, a, a 20, and then it drops down to 80 immediately. And it's basically because I was at most concerts at the Aladdin Theater Performing Arts from 1979-80 through uh, – through the early 90s. Were you one of those dudes that hangs out right by the speaker? Yeah, so that's what it was. We were in a section, I think it was 101 or 103, row 13, and my friend, his pops had uh, had uh, connections at the Aladdin and such, so we just filled up almost all of row 13. That's when the marshals, uh, the stacks were going across the windows there, which it's a different configuration now in the Aladdin. Right, right. You know, you'd see Ted Nugent, Hubble Pie, and Judas Priest, and, you know, all these... No. Just, you know, 110, 120 dB shows. Cat scratch fever. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah School's yeah, out for the yeah. summer. I, I, want, I just want to just uh, digress here. I went to an electric light orchestra concert, right? And nice. I'm, I was born in 64, mm -hmm. right? And I looked around, and everybody is rocking to electric light with Jeff Lynn. Yep. And I'm looking around the, uh, the forum in Los Angeles. Right. It's like three years ago. And everybody has gray hair, ponytails, some of them, mm -hmm. but gray hair. And I'm 50, at the time, I'm 54 years old, and I'm the youngest guy in the room. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, rockers, we have that, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we, we were born with that generation. And, you know, uh, well, it's kind of getting scary now because, like, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses at the Allegiant Stadium in August, uh, the Stones are going to be a. I just don't know if I want to go see them. At the age that they are, right? The, yeah, my dad asked me to go see the Stones. Is, I'm like, yeah. dude, that guy's like 80, man. Can he even like walk around and stuff? I mean, yeah, they're there, but they're not quite. You know, it's more of a nostalgia thing. Yeah, I, 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 I get, I get that. I mean, yeah, I get for it. me, it's not that thing. I go to bed at nine, okay, and, and I, I just and I, I, I don't want to be crowded at a concert. Right, because you know I'm at the age where I'm not allowed to fight, mm -hmm. but everyone bumping into me. You can still fight, you just may not be able to. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, thing, huh? no, I just can't fight that well. I mean, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my efficacy has waned. So, but yeah. anyhow, no, I, I, I obviously we could go a long time with you, Michael. So, uh, so you uh you got into metal, mm -hmm. right? And so. So, okay, so did music or metal, did that uh, drive you to, like, what your first vocation was, any type of thing like that? Uh, well, it, it kind of stemmed from just uh, my upbringing and such in, in a your, uh, your dad Catholic being, family and okay. such and my, uh, from my mom and then my dad being in uh, uh, tech. So it kind of it, it shaped me to, uh, to I, I guess, my whole life uh, focus has been – how can I create something? And I this is I actually had made a promise uh, back when I was 17 to somebody that I would I would be wealthy, but I would only do it if it 
was something that benefited not just a certain sector of the world, but the whole world. So wow. I've kind of been on this mission to create that underlying foundation or something that allows ubiquity and everybody to, to um, uh, participate in, the, in a global economy without any restriction. Well, or so you're saying at 17, the good Catholic you are, you're on your knees, lighting a candle, promising a saint? This is what you're going to do? Or is it to, to just like a buddy? Yeah, no, no. It was an individual, but it oh, wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted yeah, yeah. to get the context. Yeah, it wasn't because, a buddy or anything like that. Because, you know, right. the, 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 what I described was like, omuerta, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to do this or die. And so have you, have you had that theme that, that it's got to be for world good in, yeah. in, in all the aspects of the, the entities that you've been putting out pretty much yeah pretty much and and you made a comment to me when we we spoke uh mm -hmm. when we first met you said uh michael said that he and his two, two partners between the three of them have founded i think the word i heard was 17 actually this is our 21st startup over okay. the past four decades again i'm short between the three of them. i'm short changing you yeah, yeah. yeah. not so, all together right? yeah we, right they were separate right yeah. so um and uh God, i don't even know where to go from here What's the secret? I mean, what's the what's? I mean, that's a forty-year partnership. What what is the secret to to you guys having? Well, actually, the partnership. Yeah, so the partnership just really started in like twenty with one of my partners. We started uh, at two in two separate companies in uh, um, about 2013, 2012, okay. 2013, and then uh, the and that was the day of the CTO. Uh, and he and I were working in the IoT space, the Internet of Things space, mm -hmm. for a while together, really going after standards bodies and and implementing standards to create to go to try to battle what Fang and the large uh, top fifty enterprises were doing, um, which was trying to own the entire Internet of Thing and and keep these walled gardens and not allowing free choice and such like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, we sat on different standards bodies and, and ran uh, test beds within like uh, industrial internet consortium and, and such. And um, this allowed us to at least have the uh, the ability uh, written into whether the, or not the company implemented that because they're international open standards. You can choose to use or you can't. But as long as there's open standards, it'll it means that it will work and talk to something else, right? And that's what you really try to get to. Um, is open standards kind of like standard. open source? No, it's two different things. Okay. Yeah. So an open standard is a protocol that you follow. It's not the code itself, right? So there's protocols, and you can code it in what you want. Um, but the, the open source, then, is the actual source code that you're doing. You can open source that and give it to the world, or you can close source it and make it as a, a, a software as a service or anything like a lot of the you know, like Oracle and, and those proprietary companies do. And before we get into what your your current uh, vision and project is, so just in a nutshell, talk about some of the industries, you know, in, in your 30 years of being a serial entrepreneur that you, you touched upon. Okay. So it's, uh, it kind of started out in, uh, in uh, telecommunications because right. that uh, was when dad. Ch child slave yeah. labor, Mom. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't have to yeah. pay me. He just put me to work because I, I get a roof over my head and, and food. And right. then after that, kind of jumped into uh, um, uh, 
uh, the other thing is a, uh, an aquarium organization, a company here that I, uh, I was one of the first employees with and was with it called Rainbow Seascapes. And we did uh, a lot of the aquariums and uh, casinos and such. The last one, last big job we did before I left uh, was the 20,000-gallon aquarium behind the Mirage. Mirage, and, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just what I was thinking. Did you do that tank. one? Yeah, yeah. We did that one. Did the boats over and, at and Caesars just, Palace. Just for, for our audience, if you've never been to the Mirage, you'll be checking in. Right behind, they're checking you in in this massive aquarium, and it's so massive and big that somebody in a in a, in a full aqua suit has to go in it to like clean it, and it's a daily occurrence. Yeah, that used to be us. Uh, oh, actually, oh. Lance or I that uh, that, that hey, cleaned up. I've met you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he and we we actually stepped in because the first one they did was a city of Atlantis underground thing, and it, and it, after a year. Uh, they wanted a natural reef, so that's when we went Okay, out. so you were the aquarium business. And then I got out of that. That's when I was going to UNLV. And then I uh, took some jobs as a bartender and such while I was uh, going to UNLV and then started working with uh, a, a couple of individuals who owned an ad agency out in Los Angeles. That's when I kind of got into advertising and marketing. Um, and uh, we, uh, in fact, it's real funny because back to rock and roll, um, one of the first projects that John and uh, Jerry did was for Steve Wozniak. Right, John and Jerry, John, your partners now? Yeah, Jerry Klein, no, that's uh, uh, Dave and JR. Okay. Um, but this was John and Jerry that owned the ad agency. Oh, okay. Their first job was to uh, uh, was for the advertising for Wozniak's uh, Us Festival okay. in 83 and 84. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they, that was uh, kind of, you know, circle around there. Um, and then just got into uh, uh, back into technology. Started with Quest Communications back in '99 when it was first opening up, and uh, hmm. and was able to kind of move out from there. In between that time, I was doing a, a few different little startup projects, and one of them I did was uh, uh, what would be considered now the cloud. Back then, in '96, uh, uh, when I started DigiApp. Uh, it was actually called, we called it an application service provider. Okay. Uh, as opposed to the cloud. ASP. So, yeah. Yep. So I was one of the first cloud guys out there. And Dave was doing the same thing. My David Bieberman, my CTO, uh, kind of on the other side of the, uh, of the world, right? Right. So. so what makes Michael so interesting to me, Dave, is that he, he when I talked to him about crypto in, in his conversation, he said he was building crypto. He was doing crypto before crypto was crypto, mm -hmm. right? Before it was cool. And he was also inventing the cloud or applications in the cloud before we actually have it in mainstream. So that's why I said if this, this guy was onto these things that have taken way, way, uh, how shall I say, world acceptance and uh, adoption, <clears throat> I really want to hear what he's got to say about the thing he's thinking about, right? Because th yeah. this is a guy who sees things quickly and moves toward them. Right. So... Um, <clears throat> I don't know how you want to weave it. I, you definitely have to tell us how you were into crypto and inventing crypto and making crypto, if that's accurate, yep. before crypto was ever. Yeah, so this is the part of the show where I say, so how did crypto find you? And actually, you know, you found it. Right. You're, you're one of the few guests that actually found it as mm -hmm. opposed to it finding you, correct? So in, in a way, yeah, because, uh, and Jay Moore is really the responsible one for this here. And Jay Moore is my other co-founder and CMO or CCO. He's the chief collaborative officer. Um, but filling a CMO role right now. Um, Jay comes out of the video gaming space. And uh, so his largest organization that he that he uh, opened was a company called Garage Games. And they built the first open uh, uh, um, gaming engine. 
uh, everything else you always, whenever you wanted to build a, ga a game, a video game, you had to go to the studio, use their software, and it was like a million dollars to do it. That's why only the big organizations could. Um, so they founded Garage Games, and they coined the phrase Indie Dev and Indie Gamer and came out of the, uh, um, uh, and, and, and it built this out, and very inexpensive. Uh, but what the video game world did, and this is where this Brock Pierce is, uh, is you know, got a big footprint and understands this world uh, well, is because those that came out of the video game, you got to imagine there have been virtual economies and virtual currencies in video games for years, right? Since uh, there's that's how, you, that's how you get a sword. Right, exactly. You, you buy it with the gold, right? I mean, that's why uh, uh, Vitalik, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, started Ethereum. Vitalik Buterin. Yeah, Buterin. He started Ethereum because he lost his gold in World of Warcraft or something like that, right? So that huh. prompted him to, how can I fix? That's that's what I hear. Okay? You don't quote me 100% on that. But, you know, which which makes sense, right? How do I protect <laughs> that? And that's what, uh, you know, the kind of the start of Ethereum was. Um, but yeah, so that's where it comes from. It's just stemming from the understanding. And I was uh, our, our chief dis, uh, decentralization officer, Asip Kerr. Um, he was a gentleman that actually wrote uh, the entire Click and Buy platform in, in 98, 99. Click and Buy was a PayPal of, uh, of Europe. It was bought, bought by Deutsche Telekom. And of course, Deutsche, Deutsche Telekom ruined it, right? <laughs> I mean, when, whenever a big company <coughs> buys a, 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 an innovative startup, you can Pretty much guarantee it's going to go. LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now what it is, it's just an advertising platform. Um, so, yeah. And uh, so that's kind of where all that uh, that experience comes in um, on building the back ends and understanding how these digital economies and digital currencies kind of start to come together. And the biggest thing is the networking part of it, right? And how do we build community and how do you build trust in that currency? Well, it's easy when you're captive in a game and that's the only thing that you can use to buy that. But now you start to get into this world of crypto and how do you do, I mean, the reason that people tr uh, use the US dollar or trust it is because they know that the government's gonna make sure that it's at least worth the same when I spend it tomorrow, fungibility, if I it today. right? Right. So, so I, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to go this direction with you, but I've got to ask, and you're the first guest I've had on. I've been motivated to get into this. So basically, Facebook was going to launch their own digital mm -hmm. currency, mm -hmm. and at first it was called Libra, mm -hmm. and they were, from what I understand, they were they were shut down uh, by several governments saying, if you do this, we're going to bring fury. Now mm -hmm. that's. I, I can't substantiate that. I wasn't in the room when that happened, but that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. And so they parked it. This was like 2019 they were thinking of doing this, and they parked it. Mm -hmm. And now they're they're coming back as Diem, right. which is Latin for day, right? Yes. Right? Yep. My, my, David Hampton is my Latin expert he, because he's half Latin, and he took Latin, and he's Catholic, and he's uber smart. Um, Thank you. All true. Nice. <clears throat> And, and the thing about it is, is that it just occurs to me that if that happens, then Facebook is going to be the world's largest bank overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. And yeah, it, I want, you know, I want your opinion is what it is. So I don't, it, that, that's one of the things that we really looked at in, in our project when we were looking at economics and how to build an economy. And they were trying to do a stable coin like there's many out there. And those are kind of like the, uh, the go-tos right now for uh, um, when you start to see a drop, you'll see people move out of 
Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, uh, if they're not staked, <laughs> right? right? Then you're right. just kind of there. You're stuck. Um, but you move out and do a uh, into a uh, USDC or something, and key, and park it there, and then move back in when you see the market moving. Mm. The problem that we've always seen with those when we're looking at it um, is the fact that you're you're reliant upon an external basket of asset, and mm. What we never understood, and we can, uh, I, it, let's look at gold, for instance. You, you always want your token or your coin, your stable coin, to be uh, worth a dollar. So you always have to manipulate either side. Either you have to say uh, gold is at uh, $1 per ounce. So each ounce of gold is, is one token. Well, if that price of gold goes up to $10 an ounce, then you the token isn't worth ten dollars because you need that worth a dollar so what you have to do is either sell gold or add more token to right. the su circulating supply to even it out now what happens when that drops back down to a dollar you either have to have enough reserves to buy more gold to get it back to that stable because now your each token is worth 10 cents or you have to take token out of or the coin out of circulation yeah, so it's this game of putting it back in and taking and, it out based on and the having the reserves in order to cover and that's <clears throat> the biggest thing so um i i think mark zuckerberg's play um was not necessarily the central banks but those un uh the, those nations and oh, economies the that the central banks don't really ignore, care about because right. there's not as much. And he could become a, a huge monetary player, financial player within if he is becomes the central bank of those uh, of those organizations. The central bank of the unbanked, Exactly. Right? Chad, yeah. Zimbabwe, yeah, Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. But places that the uh, IMF and the ECB yeah. and the third world Fed countries don't, essentially. Yeah, they, yeah. They don't care about. Yeah, IMF will loan money to them, but, yeah. you know, they're – and they'll put stipulations on in order to have uh, a, a certain economic uh, threshold. Yeah, the same way the it. mafia will loan money. It's like, yeah. we'll just take your restaurant. Yeah, but it takes a long time for them to get there to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And it just, you know, it, I, I, we kind of saw that play. We saw what they were doing. Um, and it's just not what we're uh, what we're about. That's It's... When you, it's when, all about crypto. When, when, when I said, say I'm too stupid not, for crypto is what yeah, I said. You did say that, yeah. but I didn't want to say that. I no, I'm, I'm But, but you, you said uh, that's not what we are about. And right. we haven't even talked about your offering yet and who you are. So right. I think now is a really great time for you to – because I, 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 I know about it, and you really have, have laid out some really great nuggets for, for me and mm -hmm. my listener, and I thank you so much for that. Can you start talking about – uh, what you're working on and how we got here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, back to the IoT thing, right? Uh, uh, I sat on standards bodies across Tell industrial. Tell everybody what an IoT is. And IoT is Internet of Things. Yeah, sorry. Right. I get, okay. You know, from telecommunications and uh, and and uh, uh, working within with the government and such. <clears throat> there's so many acronyms. Acronyms. So your acronyms. I'm really man. sorry if I get the them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing Pull about us, us recruiters. We start yeah. as recruiters, and we're always the dumbest guy in the room until such time as we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and that's just from talking to people like you with uh, all all the, the, the subject matter knowledge. Anyhow, IoT Internet. Of yeah. So the reason that uh, we got into crypto, because before, um, in the beginning, Dave and I, at both of our, uh, at, in both of our responsibilities at these standards bodies and such, were like, stay away from blockchain. You can't use it for IoT. You can't have a device that's sending a thousand data points a second to some place and then having it take ten minutes in order to confirm 
each one of those, right? And, it doesn't and work. We, and we right? do agree that's true. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, so the idea was kind of stay away from there. And then we saw some of the projects starting to come out like IOTA and such like that. And we go, okay, let's relook at this and see if there's some way here. Um, so that's when we kind of st uh, started to look and we wrote our first white paper in 2018. And it was just to, uh, the, the original purpose of the, of the project was to create a, uh, an asset-backed currency um, uh, and a, a marketplace so that you could sell your digital, uh, your data from your devices if you chose to. You as a homeowner, you as a business owner actually should have control over the data that's on your devices. And if anybody's going to make revenue off of it, it shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, any of the larger companies and such. It should be that are selling the data. It should be you and putting that up into a, a marketplace. Um, what we found out uh, after our uh, initial uh, uh token uh, offering uh, was that there was a problem with scaling of the blockchain. So it became a technology thing. What, did, what were you writing it on? on, a, on a we didn't know yet. We okay. were, we, I have a very high performance message bus that does un, you know, 250,000 concurrent connections, which is unheard of, right, in, in internet world and such. Um, and I couldn't find, we could not, after doing six months of research and 200 pages of notes and 100,000 plus words on governance, on scaling, on consensus, on, uh, on economics, just couldn't find a blockchain out there that would fit what we needed. I'm not saying, blockchains are wonderful, right? And they fit the purpose that they're fitting. They do transactions, uh, simple transactions, traceability, um, uh, tracking, um, uh, you know, transfer of asset between two parties, but transparency, you can't do real right? complex. Security, yeah, all that that's stuff. the biggest thing, all, right? All Immutability and transparency. Um, the discussions around centralization and decentralization are coming up now because of the larger entities coming in and being like the 21 nodes on the network, you know. Um, but what we did then is started to scale. I mean, so... <laughs> Uh, Dave Bieberman, who was uh, the the co-founder and CTO, is really the one that uh, that put the most of the emphasis behind here. Uh, just real quick on Dave's background, he was uh, he wrote WYSIWYG in 1978, which is what you see is what you get. Became the Wayne word processor. Worked with Vint and uh, Bob Kuhn, Vint Cerf and Bob Kuhn, TCP and IP, uh, at the NIST boards in the mid '80s. Um, and Dave is responsible for. Uh, a lot of the um, the other protocols like LPT2 and VLAN and BGP and OSPF, and you can look these up, and they're and there. For, and for our audience, yeah. in about two years, you'll understand half of these concepts. And what all these things are is just basically what makes the TCP IP, which is the underlying protocol for the internet, work. There we go. I can now put video over here. I can now make calls over here. I right. can now do write applications. Voice. Right. Voice so, over internet protocol. Sorry. See, yeah. I'm doing it too. Yeah. No, there you go. Thank <laughs> I'm you. I'm so bad. <laughs> mm. um, so uh, um, he really looked at this and he basically went back into six decades of working in tech and being uh, in one part or another. The, one of the three of us has been involved in most innovations that have happened in technology over the past five, four decades, five decades. Um, whether it be in hardware, chip design, protocols. Can you say that again for me? You guys are, have been involved? Involved, oh, involved in one way, yeah. In, okay. in, in mo involved, most okay. all innovations, <clears throat> right? Okay. Whether uh, it be the protocol layers, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, now the I understand. chip designs, everything like that. 
Um, so uh, he looked at this, and then we put this whole scaling thing together uh, so that we could have a blockchain that actually solved the problem that everybody's trying to figure out now. How can we get to the trans... The, the, well, I think it's a false, uh, uh, false lead, but how can we get to the transaction rate of a visa? Right, so that we can, so people can actually use this in their daily lives, and that's right. uh, that. That was the whole purpose we thought of crypto, to create this world global uh, uh, method of exchange for people to be able to use without having the high fees when they're doing international and such. So uh, then, what we did is we uh, did that. We filed patents, and the reason we filed patents <coughs> is because over all these uh, this time that we've been in this industry, we have had. Uh, projects or ideas uh, taken and uh, patented ahead of us so we didn't have the money at the time in order to defend so struggle that's is real how it works yeah <laughs> yeah so we went ahead and jumped onto patents and then we started to look at these smart contract things and that's where our aha moment came can you stop for a second yep. in layman's terms and explain to the audience what a smart contract is? Yeah, absolutely. So a smart contract is basically a, a it's it's an agreement, it's a terms between two parties that executes based on the two parties fulfilling whatever the terms are of that. It's electronic, it can't be changed. It's binary. They say, correct. Um, and it can't be changed, right? Or at least it's not supposed to be, but people, as you know, are hacking into smart contracts and such uh, uh, every once in a while. Um, and what that does is it, 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 it's, an it's an, uh, kind of an autonomous uh, a referee between two parties, right? And the contract is, is sealed and one, it, it executes, it does what it's commanded to do, whatever the command is in there, right? Whatever, it's, whatever is written in there by the developer. This is what I have to do. I have to do this in this order. As soon as it's done, it's done. It yeah, doesn't do anything. And for our audience, I'll just say this. <clears throat> if you were to bet on a betting site, right, and you were to bet the, that the Warriors would beat the Lakers, right, and there's a certain spread, right, the, the, the money is deposited, and then once that actual, it's decided, the, flip, the switch is flipped, Right, it's Lakers. They win, and the Warriors lose. Then basically, then the money is transferred. So that that's an idea of a smart smart contract, just to simplify it. Mm -hmm. But but betting sites aren't at this time on a blockchain because all the betting sites are mostly illegal and right. offshore. Right. So when the Southern District of New York goes after them, they want to make sure that that can't happen. Yeah. So anyway, so thanks for that. Okay, so smart contracts. Back to your yeah. So smart contracts. What what we figured out is uh, that um, that is the thing. The, the smart contracts are the thing that is stopping the blockchain, the underlying blockchain, from being able to truly scale to the limits of the Internet. Um, and it's, there's a whole reason for this. But um, it, you just can't move one a, a smart contract from one place to another place. Everything, it's deterministic. It, it, it starts, it ends. So I, I think what you're saying is, is that one blockchain really can't talk to another blockchain. No, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying one shard inside of a blockchain can't talk to another shard that, yeah, inside okay. of that same I misspeak. Blockchain. That's yeah. what I meant to say. I can't. They can talk because if there's a leaders, but they can't move right their right. data efficiently between. Correct. Right? Okay. That's so. Um, this is where David, his first company, again out of the this you know he had, it, out of the list of twenty before we opened this one together, uh, his first one was in 1990, and it was to build applications for something called a Penpoint OS, and it was an operating system for tablets. 
The interesting thing about this operating system, it's the same exact underlying architecture that Steve Jobs used with Next Step, which was his company in his hiatus from Apple yeah. that morphed into the Mac OS X. That it's a modified, same architecture, a little modified. <laughs> and then Bill Gates, when he, uh, you know, the, the time he stole the, <laughs> the the calm the the from uh, IBM when there, he was uh, did song hey there's 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 big money in stealing that. yeah Mark exactly. Zuckerberg and but that's what came up is he got the uh, the common object model and that was what made Windows right and that's what moved the world from DOS which was MS DOS and I don't this is I don't, now we're dating ourselves that's when you used to have to use command line in order to uh, Ashton use a computer. Tate, baby. I remember Ashton that. Exactly. Tate. Yeah. I, I did it as a kid, yeah. And then you could do one program at a time, and that's what it is. It's the same exact thing as a smart contract platform. It runs one program at a time. So you're always in queue. You're always waiting for the next. It's serialized, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what, what Dave did is implemented... Uh, and we've got our first uh, proof that, yes, this can work, a first-class object model, which is that same underlying architecture as uh, th- that's used to build Windows and used to build Mac OS X, and uh, uh, implemented it onto a blockchain. I ordered you more water. That's why I was on the phone. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you got it. That implemented uh, on the blockchain. So now what we've created is a, uh, a, is a global operating system and a blockchain. The reason for this is to create a, a much easier way for consumer to uh, be involved, um, a much uh, broader market, and this is, uh, of course, what we're talking to you about. Also, to throw a plug into your yeah, hey now uh, recruiting, right? <laughs> you, you can throw a plug in for me yeah. anytime. Yeah, right uh, on the recruiting. Hold because on, wait, 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 hold on a second. We're going to take a break right there. Okay, since we're talking about recruiting, right? yeah, please do. Yeah, we we always stop the show since you brought it up organically and authentically all right so david yeah uh i'm a little weak i have one search and one search only and i'm looking for a machine learning engineer machine learning engineer that's it i've got no candidates and i've got that one search and i and i i just wrote it so you got any candidates for me no it's tough search uh okay i bet you i bet you michael's got a a good a good candidate for me so that's all i have what do you have uh, I got I got a smart contract blockchain senior developer role mm-hmm. uh, recently written, and then uh, also got a head of blockchain. So, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, those yeah. are uh, th- some of those are remote. One of, one of those is remote. Uh, I'm I'm going to talk to somebody next week who might be good for your head of blockchain. Okay, so, so that'll be good. We'll talk about that. All so, right. yeah, everybody, if you're looking for a job in crypto, right, and I don't care. If you're saying to yourself, well, I do X and I can't see how that's going to be related. I'm going to go back to what Southwest says. Southwest says we hire for attitude and we train to aptitude, right? And pretty much there's going to be two kinds of people. Those that are actually working in the blockchain space and those are, are figuring out, hey, what happened? The bus left, right? This this is yeah. this is the way of the world. The, the interesting thing about Southwest is that they, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but they, they took their playbook and they, they imitated it, copied it verbatim from PSA, Pacific Southwest Airlines, <laughs> right? Interesting. They were based out of California, and Southwest started in Texas, and back then it was deregulated, right? Back in right. 78, 79. So, yeah, they just took their, they, you know, they went over there, they analyzed it, they looked, they investigated, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate my guests plugging me on that. So, if you're looking, if you're looking for a job, or you're looking for someone who needs a job, you've got a project, 
you call us. What we do at Blockchain Recruiters, which makes us unique on planet Earth, is we aggregate everybody. Anybody who's got crypto, blockchain, NFT, uh, <clears throat> coins, I ICO, any of that type of stuff, technology, full stack, <clears throat> any type of, of development that's relevant. We, we have a, a staff of people that are constantly scouring uh, profiles on LinkedIn and various social medias, professional social medias, and yep. we're, we're aggregating, we're loading up our database. So when someone calls us and says, hey, do you have somebody who could work in our London office? We do. We do. We have them. And so really, there's no one else doing this. So we're way ahead. So if you want to be in that population, you reach out to me on Twitter at the BTC Recruiter. Right? Or, of course, you can always go to, uh, you can email me at davidj at blockchainrecruiters.net. That's net. Think about the net. You can't work without a net. So, anyhow, thank you for that awkward, rude interruption, Michael. So, continue. Uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, to reach out, I mean, that's what uh, it, we're at the point now where, um, you know, one of the things that uh, that we see wrong with uh, with blockchain is you have to be a Solidity or a Rust. And if you don't know one of those two languages, if you do, you can charge the, the the world yeah we got them yeah but if you don't know those two languages you really don't have anything in there we don't believe that that's where it's at so a quick story about garage games um garage games was uh a, 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 that was jay's company the uh, open uh, gaming engine right he built a community of two hundred fifty thousand developers that were using uh, uh garage games gaming engine to build their games it was a hundred dollars it was a uh, command line and scripts um, and Unity came out, right? Well, Unity, they were charging $1,200, but they had a GUI. Um, Tell everybody what a GUI is. A, a GUI? GUI is a graphic user interface. That's it's right. a drag and drop and such like that, right? Where you're using pictures in order to build this stuff. Um, and uh, what basically happened is uh, uh, Garage Games sold for uh, like $70 million to Barry Diller's ICA group, or IC, I can't remember the acronym. Um, and which is a gaming company, and uh, Unity IPO'd for like $32 billion, and it was because of ease of use. So that was really what, uh, um, what we focused on. How can we get adoption throughout the world? Um, and in order to do that, how can we ensure that we're not um, uh, like segregating down uh, so far that we just have a very limited pool of developers, which is also going to limit our ability to expand out and, and grow and, and businesses get attracted and such. Right. So we, the way that we approach this is to write a basically a, a program language agnostic uh, interface, so we don't care what you, programming language you write in. Of course, we have to write the interfaces for it. Um, but uh, um, you can your app, your classes and objects uh, in this architecture are written in any language. So we open up the world, pass a Solidity or a Rust developer into anybody can write an app, um, and we and it'll work within the blockchain. So it's a it's a true like an operating system, right? Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then the last thing that we looked at there, uh, and that's what we are looking for. We are absolutely looking for developers. There's, there's two ways, um, internal, mm -hmm. um, we need, uh, you know, we're looking for developers for our operate for the X bomb. So they have to have experience with different programming languages. Um, the actual, uh, blockchain is going to be written in Golang, um, for consensus and such. 
The CMI, which is the class manager infrastructure of the XBOM, will be written in Golang. And then I think it, Dave is choosing a modified Python for doing uh, the classes and objects. So those are the specifics for the internal teams that we're going to need for developers. But then the external, we're also building a developer community, right? And this is where Jay is really jumping on. Like I said, he had 250,000 developer community working on his stuff on garage games. So we now need to attract those developers to come in and write the applications and and, and write. And that's where uh, I'm going to segue into hopefully someplace that you and I uh, yeah. are doing work again. And that's our... Yeah, but here's what I want to say first. So this is a wonderful story, but at no time uh -huh. have you actually mentioned the name of your company or the name of your project. And right. I, I do want to keep that uh, anonymous. For right now? No, 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 no absolutely yeah. not. So, I'm good so, with it. Right. So, yeah, I want to. just keeping him on pins and needles. You know, that, that's that's yeah. for uh, delivery. You know? That's kind of like that horror yeah, movie. That's horror. Missed, I, know, I missed now, the ta da, right? right? No, it's, that, it's that horror movie where you see yeah. there's four knives on the wall, and then the camera pans, and now there's only yeah. three knives on the wall, right? And yeah. Jason's out there it's, somewhere. It's, it's yeah. for tantalizing effect. Yeah, no, so, but anyhow, so talk about the name of your prod. Okay. Start plugging some in and talk in just the like the Kleenex version, the, the elevator pitch on what it does. Yeah. So the name of the company or the the foundation, it's actually a, a formative Swiss foundation now is Prasaga, um, and it's Sanskrit, and it, uh, it it the overall definition is uh, uh, connected. But there was one specific that I found that was uh, uh, connected with everything. Uh, um, or results from everything. Um, all that is connected or results from everything, which really described the two things, IoT and smart cities, all the data results and everybody's connected, same as blockchain, right? So it fit, it fit well. Um, we are a, uh, uh, a and I'm gonna use uh, Elon's, Elon Musk's uh, uh, definition or, or description yesterday. And, and from, what team does he play for? No, I'm yeah. kidding. Go ahead, <laughs> exactly. go ahead. Um, use his description of, uh, of what he's looking for, and it's basically what we built. We just never called it that, and he called it a, he's looking for a single-layer blockchain, and that's exactly what we, we never understood, what do you mean there's layers in the blockchain, right? Why isn't everything just operating within that, that single layer? Yeah, and you said to me that, uh, it, I don't agree with this, I'm going to quote you, and you can, mm -hmm. so you said, when I, I spoke to you, I said, we come on my podcast a bit about crypto. And you said, I'm too stupid to understand yeah, crypto. Yeah. So talk about this now as it relates to what you're talking about. Yeah. So um, uh, in a single, so I guess the crypto part of it comes in to where, and that's where I am too stupid for crypto. I don't, I mean, I'm the guy that always bought the share, the stock at the high, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in 99 through 2001. I, yeah. It, it was not glory days for me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. My, my dad, my dad retired around that time, and he bought in, and yeah, he, he said that he lost a lot of money that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just you know the the, the paper uh, economy basically that was boosting uh, during the late nineties yeah. and with Clinton and such, right? Yeah. Well, Richard Hart, right, mm -hmm. the founder of Hex and now Pulse Chain. Richard Hart says there are only two people that make money in crypto. Only two. Those that buy and hold and exchanges. Right. And he's absolutely right. Right. And the reason, I'm just going to talk about this, the reason that the, the that Bitcoin, I think the reason that Bitcoin has been going sideways for the last several months at $30,000 is because if you were long on Bitcoin, you got wrecked. If you were short on Bitcoin, you got wrecked. So you get liquidated, right, when you're in margin trading. So who has the money right now? The exchanges. So all those people are broke. So they're waiting for a new population of money to actually come through. But anyhow, I digress because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm enjoying you so much and 
we're coming up on our hour. I, I want to make sure that you can get it all in. So Prasaga. Yeah, so quickly. So on Prasaga, what we did is the, the first approach, like I stated earlier, was to be a an underlying, have an asset, have something asset-backed, right? Um, and we kind of looked at that, and then we figured out how stable coins and such don't really work. So what we're really focusing on in our what, our mission is is to deliver a, a method of exchange, not a store of value. And that's one of the problems that happened here. And I believe there's actually a blog uh, where Sapo, uh, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the uh, creator of the Bitcoin or the writer of the, uh, white, uh, the white paper, uh, stated <coughs> that he has no way to stop this from being becoming a store of value, from having the, 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 the Wall Street traders take it over, right, and the traders. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened in every crypto. So we just don't see a way in a deflationary economy that it can be used as a currency. Um, you it, it's very difficult to buy something of value with something that's going to increase in value more than the thing you're buying. Doesn't make sense. Why would I spend... Why would I buy a house with uh, with Bitcoin if Bitcoin could be one hundred and fifty thousand dollars tomorrow from right. thirty thousand today? Right, does not make sense for either side of the equation. I, a little shout out to my lovely wife Rita. You understand? This is why I I think crypto is going to surpass uh, the eight percent that a house is going to get us. Right. Daniel, go ahead. And uh, but that's the thing. You don't give that up, right? It's like when I have discussions on Twitter with some of the, the with some of the pumpers out there. Are they are they are they discussions? Or are they spats? No, they're kind of more spats because that's right. how they. Yeah, we keep approach it real. Them, we right? keep it real yeah, on the yeah. bit about crypto podcast. Show. Yeah, and that's what they. And it's like, and I ask, okay, did you buy a soda at Seven Eleven with Bitcoin? Would you have bought a soda at Seven Eleven with Bitcoin if you could have today? Yeah. Answer is going to be no. Right. And it always is. They never answer back on that one. And yeah. it's just because it's not that it's that you're not <laughs> able to. It's just why would you? Why would I spend that? So it's become a store of value, which is great. It's a digital gold. It's all of those things. Right. It's a very volatile one. And I, you would assume that at some point it would it's going to jump up again and then have a drop and jump up again. I don't know where it's going to end, but it's a deflationary economy. There's only 21 million. After the 21 million, you have all the Satoshis. And that's the one thing that worries me about Bitcoin is the at the end and a lot of these deflationaries is what happens when that last Satoshi's mined? What happens when there's only transaction fees well, that are paying be, the miners to do the they're work? They're being twenty one forty. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be hundred twenty years, and so actually Bitcoin in twenty one forty, and I think it's twenty one twenty twenty forty, and in, or twenty one forty, and in twenty one seventy one is when the last Satoshi will be mined. But there's so many assumptions out there. Well, the power is going to be so low by then that the transaction no, field uh, no, I'll be the dead. The, yeah, I'll be dead. Exactly. It's my kid's problem. Yeah, it'll be five so generations problem. From what we're looking at is how can we create a a currency, not a commodity. And I, I basically look at all these as crypto commodities. How can we create a currency that is stabilized to the productivity of the 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 businesses and the consumers on the blockchain itself. So it almost follows a fiat type um, approach by utilizing something that's called the uh, equation of exchange. And anybody can look that up on uh, on Wikipedia. And it's, or you can tell us the dumbed down version right now. Yeah. And what it is is basically there's four values in this e equation. It's a uh, it's a uh, mathematical equation, and it's money supply, how much money is circulating in the economy, times velocity, how fast is that money being traded. And then every single uh, blockchain in the world sees that. 
Um, fiats see the money supply in real time. They know how much circulating U.S. dollar is, but they don't see the velocity for about 90 days. Right. And, the velo- and right. we're talking about velocity. We're talking about how fast it goes from True. one entity to the next. Exactly. Boom, from boom, one boom. hand to the other. Right. right. But because it's paper, it takes a while to bring that back in. And that's why you always have the, the nominal and the real GDPs. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side is the price, the average price of something in what's known as the GDP, the gross domestic product. And no blockchains see that. Uh, smart contracts don't report what the what the thing was that was sold and what uh, what the average price was. And these are broad categories, steel, consumer electronics, and such like that. Well, with our blockchain, we can measure each one of those four values, and now we can apply a, a formula, and this is another thing that we're looking to hire, and these are money supply mathematicians in order to write the algorithms. We've got the base. We know M times V equals P times Q, but what are the actual algorithms that we need to, to do this so that we can ensure that a money supply is always just below the rate of velo- or the velocity of transactions? And that way, there's always demand for the money, so there's always value to it. As soon as the money supply goes above the rate of transaction, the money starts to devalue. So ultimately, we want to become a zero inflation or near zero inflation, zero debt economy. That And the focus wait, wait, you're is... You're talking about we at Prasaga or we, we at Prasaga. Okay. We at Prasaga, and hopefully the world adopts us. Right. Hey, we're a fully open, decentralized entity. So if the community at some point votes to go to a deflationary economy, there's nothing I can do about that, right? We're giving this to you guys. Go ahead and and to the world. Use it, please. Do with what you can. Yeah. And and commenting for our listeners as you're learning more, what the wonderful thing about decentralized blockchain is, is that the users actually have a vote. Right, it's the truest, purest form of democracy. And so, what Michael's talking about, and we've talked about this on other episodes, is as he puts out his decentralized platform to the world, if there are any changes that need to be, well, all of the individual users who have nodes, I guess for lack of a better word, they get to vote on yes, we're going this direction, or we're going on the other direction. Correct? Right. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that we don't, uh, that that doesn't work though, is a one hundred percent pure democracy. They never work but what does is a is a republic yeah right and so we do understand there's got governance is very important way to shame the host (laughs) go on well better michael than i right yeah Um, but what we do have are uh, is a scenario of recommendation boards so we need to have money supply guys or, or women on the money supply recommendation board that is looking at it on a daily basis and making a recommendation. Either you vote for this and we change it to this and this is why, or we don't and it stays the same. There's always going to be one one option or stay the same for the community to vote on. Right. But these are things that we... So the ultimate goal is to get everybody the ability to deliver everybody a global unique ID, which is based on a 256-bit string of alphanumeric random note numbers, and that's your account. That's your. You will have that as your account forever. And because of the, we got rid of smart contracts, every single asset that you own, we call them in the computer. It's an object in the computer, but it's an asset. It's your house. It's your car. It's any crypto. Um, it could be your certificates for KYC, which is know your customer. That yes, I passed uh, this, and now I can trans. Or an accredited investor. I make. I have this much net worth, and I make this much a year, so I can participate in in startups, right? When they come out for for early stage funding and such. So anything can be there, but that's all a subset of your account. 
um, all of your health records are now, it's an object in your account. The health records aren't there. You can't put the data on the blockchain. There's too much data. But you can put a hash that, that shows a location of where that specific document is. And then the only way for anybody to access that, any doctor or anything, so your medical records, is if you give explicit permission. So, so now you start to hold everything. You have self-sovereignty. In your mind, there have mm -hmm. to be like, wow, this would be, a, what, are, what are some of like the, 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 the smoothest practical applications that you would, you said something that somebody could run their entire OEM market. We could run an entire country. You said that to right. me, and we are running out of time. But so, to speed through the yeah, real quick. So the first demo that we have, and we're um, and and anybody can reach out to us, and we can definitely show Hold that. Hold on a second. And how can they find you? Put up his uh, social there, Travis. Talk about yeah. how they can get hold of you. Okay, so it's uh, um, uh, at Prasaga Official is our social uh, address on Twitter. Uh, that's our Telegram channel. And for those, channel. Guys, those guys of you who are listening on Apple and Spotify, P-R-A-S-A-G-A. O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L, yeah. Prasaga Official. Right. Um, and that's for uh, um, Facebook and uh, uh, Telegram and Twitter. Um, and we have a Discord channel as well and such. Um, and, uh, and then Prasaga.com, of course, is the P-R-A-S-A-G-A.com is the website. Um, and... Uh, so what we're, where we're at is trying now to create, um, uh, it is, it enable the world to have, and we think that this is going to be a 30 to 40 year process. We don't believe that there's going to be a single currency accepted, uh, it, it, until the millennials and the Gen Z's start to get into the leadership positions in the countries, right? The ones that are, that are used to sharing data letting people know where they are and everything like You're that. You're right. Right? Until that happens, as long as we still have the leadership, there won't be that global currency, but we can still build a, a, an ecosystem to be ready for that when the change or the adoption is ready to happen. So there's, you know, we, we need communities of developers, of miners and validators, because we, we do do proof of work and proof of stake both for our consensus. And then we also need those, those community members and the businesses. You said Wade perfectly perfect. So talk to the audience on how you see blockchain, especially your offering, but mm -hmm. blockchain in general, how it's changing the workforce and how it's going to change the workforce. Yeah, so that's exactly what uh, what we're getting to. And uh, supply chain is the very first demo that we have. And in the supply chain, uh, it's a $15 trillion market. And there's issues that they're having. They need audibility. All the way through, so the so that you who owns the car, if anything ever happens and a boner bolt breaks, that you have immutable, transparent proof that that bolt that was put into there had the proper meteorological uh, uh, um, specs in order to be put in there. If not, then it doesn't. Then it's their fault, and you can go after right. So, it's a matter of, and that's what you brought up was. General Motors, I can look at, and this is one of the things that the Internet of Things world, uh, industrial IoT uh, world and such are really looking for, and that is a full digital thread where I can see and follow and track uh, the history of every single object, whether it be the raw materials, uh, the, the cobalt coming out to make the, the, the batteries, the lithium batteries, or it be the, the rubber or the coal that's coming out. You know, one of the projects that we were uh, uh, asked to uh, advise on in China, Umshi China, was for to uh, help uh, reduce the emissions 
or the carbon uh, footprint of a 750 megawatt coal fired plant. And we found out the biggest problem was that the grade of coal that was that left the mine was not necessarily the grade of coal that got to the ah, uh, plant in you China. Don't say. And the problem with that is if they don't know the composition, then they can't set the furnaces to the proper temperatures to burn the right. carbon at the right. And so they that it produces more. So there was a, a, a it, not huge, it was single percentage points, but if you're doing single percentage points on 750 megawatt plants and there's 550 of them in a the country, you're really making a, a, a contribution to clean the air, right? Are, are these companies receptive to this, this this kind of transparency? This is transparency. Like you're basically saying, hey, put- Yeah, that's like asking, are the taxi companies receptive to Uber? Right. This is coming now. Well, well, no, they got to they participate. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, the GM's got to say, yeah, we want to do this. I mean, they, they got it's 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 one of two ways. Right. right? They, they got to either appear like they're doing it. Hey, we like we care about the customers. Right. Like they're not feigning right. or or they're, or they're actually uh, genuine about doing it. Yeah. So where that comes to is, um, it, first of all, for the, uh, the the especially the public companies, uh, publicly traded companies and right. such to be involved, we have to have tra- we have to have some sort sort of uh, protection of their data, right? So that's where those zero-knowledge snarks come in. Zero-knowledge is uh, the ability to, um, the, the transaction is, is done, you know the transaction is done, but you don't know what the transaction was. It's encrypted, right. all the data is encrypted. Right. So we can actually create, in our design of our blockchain, private chains on a, uh, permission chains on a public okay. permissionless chain and what they can do is share in a hash power so they still have the same security of the full public chain without contributing the uh the data of what those are so yeah that's one of the things that we've had to work on okay michael holman you are really a smart guy and you've enlightened me and and the audience don't you think yeah i've, I've enjoyed it wow i can't so thank you i i can't think enough but um, we've gone over a little i want you to plug uh, your event in October, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll mention it, right? Yeah, so right now, uh, um, because we have uh, entered into the next phase of, uh, of the um, development here, now that we've proven out the X-Bomb, we are uh, uh, building our test net right now of our native chain. Uh, we expect to launch at, in our first inaugural conference, which will be here in Las Vegas. Um, we, the site is being chosen right now. Uh, and uh, it's from October 21st to the 23rd, just before Money 2020. And we're going to do, it's called SagaCon. Hopefully you will be there. We're going to be doing hackathons. We're going to... You uh, couldn't keep me away with economics. the restraining order. Yeah. I'm coming. We want these podcasts there and we want everybody in Vegas to kind of come down and join in and understand. Um, we're, like I said, we're a native company. Uh, we are a Swiss foundation, but my heart and and everything, and we've got some other projects that we're doing here natively. And there's locally. the opportunity to pro- participate online. Online, absolutely. And yes. I will put a link into uh, SagaCon. Everybody who's who's listening or on YouTube, uh, I'll put a link in, in the bottom for you guys to. Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Anyhow, Michael Holman, thank you so much for coming on today, and so to Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter. Wow, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. And as you guys all know, I'm David James, the Job Whisperer. And remember, everybody, this has been about Crispo. Uh, This has been about this has been about Crispo. This has been about Crisco. But more importantly, it's been about crypto. And remember, everybody, get whispered.